So communication for that must be key. Have there been occasions where things have gone wrong and you've been able to learn key lessons about the way you express what you need from your event staff? Definitely. So I made the mistake of assuming everyone absorbed information the same way I did. And that's so obviously not true. Welcome to Production Value Matters, the business event podcast brought to you by Burn Production Services. Here, we explore the different ways business events can bring value to your organization, the latest technological advances in the event space, as well as providing you with actionable strategies to make a business event a success. Let's create an exceptional event experience. Welcome to another episode of Production Value Matters, the business event podcast. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Brianna Sigili. Brianna is one of the top operators in events marketing and B2B hospitality. She's amassed over 10 years experience in and around events management, and most recently as the event marketing manager at Aircall and the event account executive at MAG Agency. Brianna's career history speaks for itself, and it's telling for us that Brianna understands not only the ins and outs of planning events, but she knows how to preempt problems, prepare properly, and proactively put in place teams of well-trained, well-briefed individuals who will carry out the intentions of the event. So this is someone you might want to listen to if you're keen on understanding how to train event staff or brand reps and really add value to the attendee experience. Welcome, Brianna. Thanks so much, Matthew. So excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. And so, Brianna, you've managed so many events now, I'm sure. Do you remember the first thing you oversaw, whether that was professionally or something earlier on in life, something that made you realize that you had to hustle for that world and that maybe you had an innate sense of how to provide people with an experience they'd remember? Absolutely. So I first started my career with a wedding venue in my hometown where I grew up. Me and my twin sister actually worked there together, bossing tables, passing apps, And really fun story. She's actually getting married at the same wedding venue in two days. So it's a very full circle moment. But it was at that venue that I realized I love taking care of people. I love making people's day. You get people at their very, very best. So whenever an attendee attends an event, they've been looking forward to it for weeks, months, sometimes even years. And you get the opportunity to deliver a really fabulous experience. And selfishly, I just I love being part of that. I used to specifically oversee the wedding ceremonies, and it was kind of like going to church for me. I loved the wedding vows during the ceremony. I love all the drama beforehand. I love the juicy gossip when they're announced husband and wife or the couple kisses at the end of it. It's such a roller coaster. You go up and down, and there's so many emotions when it comes to events. I'm a very emotional person, and that's the moment that it really clicked for me. Like I was meant to do this. That's great. So... In doing a little bit of research on you, checked out your LinkedIn profile, and you have this motto that proactive hospitality plus outcome tracking equals event excellence, which I love. How long did it take you to sort of establish that thought process and the most essential principles for running successful events? So that is a very neat summation of my experience so far, that motto specifically, And throughout my career, I picked up a lot of really great tidbits. And then most recently, outcome tracking is the most recent part of that puzzle piece. I am really obsessed with beautiful events, immersive experiences, just like the rest of the community. 
But what brings event professionals to the next level is their ability to track those events as well. So being in the B2B tech space, that has been where I've been able to flourish my creativity, the event excellence side of it, really providing a wonderfully branded experience, but also on the back end, being able to answer to my CMO saying this investment created this many opportunities and whatever KPIs your organization uses, the outcome tracking has just become a very crucial skill in my career so far. Yeah, I think you're hitting on one of the hot button topics of the event industry globally, that we're constantly trying to find what that data point is, what those KPIs are, to be able to inspire our stakeholders to get buy-in. And so concentrating on that, I think if you find the right formula for that or the right tools and process, you're really ahead of the game. So just going quickly back to, you mentioned starting in the weddings industry, and that was at Harrington by the Bay. As you said, a wedding can be a very beautiful and emotional roller coaster, but it's got a lot of pressure with a big payoff environment. So was that baptism of fire sort of preparing you for B2B event management? So when it comes to being in corporate, I like the phrase that we're not saving the world or saving people. Like, I think there is this new kind of renaissance in tech that we're not really, we're, we all love our jobs. We love our day to day. But truly, like, if we get burnt out, take a break, take a step back. When it comes to hospitality and weddings, I do feel like the stakes are much, much higher because it truly is someone's supposed best day of their life. And so I feel like there's less forgiveness. There's a little less room for error. And, you know, with an event, 100% of the time, there's something to go wrong. So dealing with weddings first, I think really helped create this sense of perfectionism in me, healthy perfectionism, I would say, where I focus on every single detail still to this day, because it did matter so much back then in like 2012, 2013, when I first started doing this. And so even when I go to a conference now, I like to make sure like the cocktail napkins are very neatly organized, the linens are pressed, Everything that a bride or a couple would want to see at the wedding, I like to still string that along throughout any event that I do currently. And so thinking about that and sort of the transition into B2B events, you mentioned sort of that hyper attention to detail, which I think everybody can appreciate. Where do you see more overlaps between the B2B events and that sort of social wedding world that you started in? And is there a bigger difference that we should point out? I think that the biggest overlap is that attendees want to feel special. And that's something that with weddings, sometimes people get it a little twisted. You don't have a wedding without the guests and you don't have an event without the guests. So I think a lot of the time, maybe a brand will get a little cloudy and they plan things to fulfill themselves and their own objectives, kind of putting attendees second. And right now, the biggest overlap is that attendees want to feel like they have been delivered this promise that this event is worth attending. So that's the biggest overlap. Everyone wants to feel taken care of and have that. That's the proactive hospitality side of my motto is how can I anticipate needs of an attendee, whether it be a boring B2B tech event or a wedding, everyone wants to feel like their moves have been anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. Working in B2B events, you sometimes get so focused on the stakeholders and the executive sponsors that you forget. And I think we all forget that the attendee is the one who's buying a ticket. So having a hyper focus on that and balancing those two expectations is really key to a successful event. So let's talk 
a little bit about your professional practice. And when you prepare to train event staff and reps to add value to your attendees' experience, what is that value that you want to improve? And what do you think of when we use the term value for that attendee experience? So I think that's where keeping the promise to attendees comes in. Again, you want to make an event that is truly worth attending. And attendees experience events in a 360, 24-hour view, not just when they come up to your curated brand experience, but the entire venue, the hotel, the nearby restaurants and bars, any other surrounding area. So that's why it's so important that whatever staff you include in your presence, you want to make sure that they are prepared to provide a wonderful experience at all of the official event checkpoints, but also in those unbranded spaces like hotel lobbies, outlier events. Are they saving the elevator door opening for if they see someone with a lanyard or something? Are they just generally being pleasant to be around? Because that's those moments where I feel like your brand can really truly feel authentic, where if someone's in an air call t-shirt and they help someone in the elevator or in the lobby or whatever, that goes a long way, even farther than just having a demo with them at the booth. So I think being really adding the humanistic element into staff training is super important for me. And then I'd say almost we any staff that works on an event should serve as a concierge to attendees. So knowing the event in and out, of course, knowing all of the key points, the agenda items, whatever, but also right recommendations. Where can they go if they forgot their toothbrush or something like that? Just having those like plan Bs and Cs in the back of your head. You segued into my next question really well, and maybe you've answered it already, but are there... Uh, specific techniques that you train your staff and brand reps to use. You had mentioned certainly acting as a concierge, like it's the little things. How are you instilling those values in your brand reps and staff in preparation for an event? Yeah, of course. So I really try and lead by example, of course. So anything I preach, I want to make sure that I'm doing 100% of the time too. So even though I'm not a salesperson, even though I'm not actively demoing or speaking or whatever else, I like to still play that role and be on. And I think being an active listener and really trying to take in and being fully present is something that I really try to instill in the staff. It's really long days. My most recent event was inbound. So it's like four, nine to five days, maybe sometimes even eight to six. So it's a very long time. So it is a big ask of your staff to be fully present and on. But if you hear someone in your periphery saying, I wonder where the water station is, maybe that's your opportunity to make a connection with them outside of your B2B bubble. Say, hey, I saw one over here, or I'm not sure, but there's a Starbucks this way. So kind of just keeping an ear out, like in what ways can you help on a human level and not just a, a sales executive level or something like that? I think authenticity is also so huge. So people are so good at reading you if you're fake and being fluffy and overly excited about, I don't know, like there's just so much fluff and jargon and corporate stuff that people feel really refreshed when they talk to somebody at an event that cuts right through that and talks plainly. Um, they don't add in all these crazy words and anything. So I really just like to bring people's personalities out and embrace those. And yeah, it's a long day. And that's why you need to prepare your team in advance for however long the event is. You make sure that someone's always there to tap people in and out. And then also the ability to raise your hand too. So if there's an SDR struggling to finish a conversation, raise your hand, tap in somebody. I just really like creating a very full sense of community with the event that I bring on site. 
A, I've run into really good event staff who like, I guess I have a look on my face that says I want a Starbucks and they've jumped in and been like, it's over there. And then that false elaboration or that fluff, my background is in the performing arts and theater. And I dealt with a lot of actors who, you know, it's called chewing the scenery and you walk in and you're very big and you're very, ah, and everything. And so I understand that every once in a while, I see that on event staff on site and I'm like, "Eh, let's dial it in a little bit and be a little bit more genuine. Yeah, absolutely. So communication for that must be key. Have there been occasions where things have gone wrong and you've been able to learn key lessons about the way you express what you need from your event staff? Definitely. So I made the mistake of assuming everyone absorbed information the same way I did. And that's so obviously not true. I'm super type A. I am not a procrastinator. I'm very to the point. And I just kind of used to assume like, well, everyone ought to be right. Like, why would anyone like procrastinate reading this email and do whatever? And I've realized very obviously that there are so I'm in the minority, I would even say. So there are so many differences in how you and I consume information. So now instead of doing a one size fits all approach, I try and tailor my outreach to the different stakeholders in the team that I'm sending. So for example, my sales team has way more focus on an event directly beforehand. I can get time with them a month in advance, but to them, it's a little unnecessary. You know, they have a whole month to worry about before they arrive at my show. So I try to get them a couple of days before we leave. And that's when I really get more of their attention. They actually ask me questions about the event, whereas before they would just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm good, whatever. Let me get on with my day. So that's one example. And then for any C-suite members or senior leadership, I create a totally separate route for them as well. I like to cut all the superfluous information. They don't need to know our booth script or whatever else. So I create separate resources for them and dedicate a time with them just to make sure that they get it straight. They have 15 minutes to get in and out with me and they're not being strung along with all the other comms. So I think just realizing that there are so many other people and just truly trying to be accommodating to the people on your team has been a huge takeaway for me. That sense of knowing your audience is certainly important. As a big part of that communication efficiency, are there particular resources or tools that you're using that have helped you or perhaps resources that you've already prepared to be able to handle that kind of communication spread? Yeah. So I like to create one source of truth. I hate sending people multiple documents because I know a thousand percent they are not going to read it. So I don't even make that false expectation in my head. So I have one no before you go. Like I said, I'll create something different for the C-suite members. But for most of the staff, I have one no before you go. And it is a hundred percent every single thing you need to know for the event. So then I get everyone on a call. We run through it in every single detail. So at least... I like to repeat information three times in three different ways. So I'll share it in Slack. I'll share the same document in an email. I'll review it on a call again. Um, I find that repeating things, maybe the second, third time around, people realize something or they paid attention to something different. They're like, oh, I have a question about this. Can we dive deeper in there? So I find having some redundancy helps. But yeah, I'm a very big proponent in sending your team to only one place. Don't make them go all over your Slack channel. Yeah. So then is it a matter of, as you said, that one central source of truth and then reformatting it out and sending it? Or is it the old idiom in sales, right? That it takes seven touch points on average to actually get your message across. And so is it sort of a similar mechanic and process for you? 
I like doing the repackaging it. I think that's a good way to put it. So in Slack, maybe the week before the event, I'll highlight three key points that are in that document, but maybe you didn't notice them before. So I'll include the three top tips for the day or something like that. And then when I'm on site, I share more nitty gritty details in the know before you go than I would on site. So yeah, I definitely would say that I I emphasize and underscore bits and pieces of that as we get closer to the event to meet my objectives and reiterate what my expectations are closer to the show. When we're at the event, we don't need to go over apparel again because either you brought it or you didn't. So why beat that dead horse? So instead, we'll go over the script. We'll go over any talking points. And so, yeah, we just highlight different pieces of the journey throughout the event planning. That's amazing. So recently, you and I have probably run into each other on the Vendry in the Circles community. I'm sort of shifting gears a little bit to talk a little bit about that, just because both of us are pretty present on that. And so can you talk a little bit about how being part of something like Vendry Circles has helped you build your network as an event professional? And is that massively important as a learning resource, as well as a networking platform for you in the current state of your career? Yeah, hugely. Honestly, joining any kind of Slack group for your industry is the easiest low barrier networking opportunity. I know there are a lot of introverts out there that wouldn't go to in-person events. And right now, a lot of people are remote. So do you really have in-person networking opportunities? So yeah, even if you're not in events, I would totally recommend finding a Slack community. And then everybody has one thing in common. And that's what I love so much about the Vendry is that no matter where we are in the country or what our specializations are, we all have one thing in common. And it's so special. And then also, I think increasing your networking is really easy if you're just being interested in other people's work. So if you see something wonderful online, message that someone that works for that agency or that brand and just ask, like, how did you do it? Do you have any takeaways from this? Did you love the vendors you use? Like, Kind of just pelt them with questions. People love talking about their events and what worked and what didn't. And they certainly love recommending partners that really delivered for shows. So I think just having curiosity really lowers that barrier even further. And then there's other Slack communities that I'm a part of, like the Event Marketers Club. Splash has a community if you're a customer for them as well. So there's a lot out there if you dig a little. Absolutely. So just going back into how you communicate all of the requirements to your event staff and team, reaching into your past a little bit, was there like a time that gave you the most lasting and consequential piece of training that really influenced how you approach it now? I would say I like to find trends in all of my experience. So what worked, what didn't work? I like to think about those kind of often, like on a bi-monthly basis, like try and summarize my experience so that I, I hate making the same mistake twice. So I try and dig a little bit and see what are some trends that I've seen? I would say it's just really small changes as you go along. And it's not really one generalized thing, I would say. It's just really being intentional and specific on what kind of information you you share with your team. Actually, the biggest learning I would say is I worked at a tech brand and the woman who managed content there, she was always wonderful. Anytime I sent out an email or something, she would read through it, cut everything that was unnecessary. And I think being really close in a content world helps you communicate so much more effectively, even if your role has nothing to do with creating content. I think having the basics of writing helps so far. Cut every single thing that doesn't mean anything or take the email document further. I think the phrase is keep it simple, stupid, or keep it stupid, simple or something. 
And I swear by that. So I think being close in a content to the content world-ish is really, really helpful for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. So just wrapping up, what's the best event you've ever been to and why was it the best? I am huge on Inbound. I've been to two and I just love that event so much. One, that is an event that really provides value. It's a four-day event. So like I said, everything I've alluded to about being long has been about Inbound. It is a long event, but as an attendee, that gives you so much opportunity to truly tailor and customize your experience. They don't include any content unless it has three actionable takeaways. And I love that. They are very rigid in who they put on stage and what content they shared because they don't want any fluff. Of course, they're very stringent with it. And so they have a whole content team and they're fabulous to work with. They also know how to surprise and delight their guests really, really well. They had curated on-site hangout lounges for specific communities. They helped facilitate networking for attendees. And then their pre-event communication and on-site communication is so stellar. Everything is very simple. It's very clear. I can't imagine any attendee having a single question before they go to the show because everything is just very proactive. So huge inbound fan. That's amazing. I have yet to have the opportunity to go to inbound, but it's on my list of things. You'll love it. Thanks. So is there a piece of technology or a new technique that you're most excited about using for your future events? I wouldn't say anything too specific, but what I would love to see is attendee data being used better. I hate asking attendees for information multiple times. Like we have the inbound, for example, has badge scanners that you can click it and then information goes, whatever goes to each other's accounts. But then like, what really do you do with that information? I don't know. Like, I just think that there's so many fields that sometimes events or even other sponsors gather that doesn't go anywhere. So I think a really great idea would be to use AI and try and accumulate attendees' keywords or searches and tailor session headlines that match attendees' previous search history in the app or interests or something. So I think that's one way that we can really use AI is to curate every single session to each attendee automatically And that way, maybe it's something that they weren't interested before, but now that these buzzwords have been added, they'll show up. So I think that's something that's a really cool idea. I don't know functionally how on earth it would ever work, but that's not for me to decide. And then another thing that would be interesting is I'm in, I'm on the sponsor side of events very often. So including heat maps and prospectuses would be super wonderful just to see from even an attendee or sponsor point of view where is the most traffic from 2023? Where do I want my booth? I'll pay premium for that booth location, but the organizers have to have that data and have to have that map. So I think just kind of utilizing the info that's already there, but buttoning it up a little bit would, I don't know, it's just, I like using everything down to the bone. I like, I'm a resource maximizer. How can we stretch this data as far as we can possibly get it? Yeah, absolutely. I'll point out that at last, one of the most recent episodes was with Nick Borelli from Zenis AI. And that's a really smart one uh, to go and listen to. Okay, so at the end of these episodes, we always, because we know that most of our audience is senior event professionals, event marketers. So what is one thing that a senior event professional can do right now to ensure a successful and creative event? What sort of like three-step plan would you give them to get started on that communication? 
I think just identifying all of your stakeholders for each program. I know a lot of event professionals have different programs going on at each time. But what I've experienced is your stakeholders in the beginning of planning change throughout. So sometimes a new team on in the organization will be super interested and you'll hear, you'll get a couple of slacks from them, but maybe they're not on the email chain yet. So I think just being overly communicating with your stakeholders, making sure you have every single voice in the conversation that needs to be included, because that saves yourself so much time right before the event when some other team comes and they're like, oh, we need to be part of this show. Like, what can we do? How can we be part of it? And it's like exactly six days before the event. So I think always taking inventory of who needs to be part of the conversation is something you can do right now. And then also just being really, you know, if I have any questions about, did my team really understand that point that I made? Did they really get that? I don't like to just like fester with that. I just like to ask it. So if you have any questions or if you're unsure about if your team consumed a point very well, follow up with them. Kind of peck them like a chicken. Like that's what you're there for. You have a great eye. If you're questioning it, someone else probably is. So don't wonder. I think just pounce and ask if everything is clear and really dig back into it. That's great. Thank you for that practical advice. So Brianna, where can people find you if they're looking to get in touch with you? Yeah, hit up my LinkedIn. I'm very active. So yeah, I would love to chat. Vendry Circles, of course, just give it a good Google. And the team there is fabulous. And they add people same day. So yeah, you can catch me there as well. Excellent. Well, thank you, Brianna, for joining me on Production Value Matters, the B2B event podcast. And it was lovely to have you. Thank you so much, Matthew. Production Value Matters, the business event podcast, is brought to you by Burn Production Services. To find out more about Burn Production Services and how putting on events can drive value for your business, visit burnproductionservices.com. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at Production Value Matters, thank you so much for listening.